0: welcome to sunday night local it's sunday the 13th of september wow where has this year gone hey um in fact 13th of march was i think the saturday of our empower conference maybe the sunday in march six months ago and that was the last weekend that we gathered together um in our big church numbers um at Empower Conference, and then on the Sunday at the school when Micah Wood spoke, I'm sure you remember that, and then it was lockdown after that, and six months later here we are. Just want to say thank you to everyone for staying engaged with what we're doing as a church, just want to say thank you for just staying connected, to to taking care of one another, to being in connect groups, to tithing, um, to just not skipping a beat in any way as a church. Um, it's been a difficult time, let's face it, it's not been easy, but, wow, what an amazing group of people Family churches, and I say that um, because of the people, I say that because I know the people. I say that because I've seen the people in action over these last few months and it's been amazing. So give yourself um, well, a big pat on the back. Um, that's a bit like the man that fell asleep under a cow, isn't it? He got a pat on the back. Um, and there's more where that came from. Um, but uh, my, I'm aware my wife is watching so I won't, I won't go too much in that direction. What I will say is that today we had a lovely barbecue at my mother-in-law's house, um, who now lives in Havent, and that was, it was great, I cooked the barbecue, it was excellent, Um, but more than that, it was lovely to spend time um, with everyone. Of course, tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow, isn't it, that um, it becomes illegal for more than six people to be gathered together, so um, we're going to be updating you as a church on what that means um, for us. It's positive and negative um, in terms of being together, in terms of being together indoors. um, You can have up to six people from different households together. Um, And same as outdoors, obviously that carries on as it was. But um, what it does mean is that um, for social gatherings there can't be more than six. However, um, for church services, um, numbers are not limited. Um, they're simply limited by the venue. There has to be uh, the appropriate distancing in place, and still uh, things like no singing, no raised voices, no interaction with those you didn't come with, face masks—that all still applies. Um, however, um, we're, we're going to be looking to, to move forward with with some sort of gathering in the next couple of months because um, there's some people who uh, in our church family it is really really important for so. Uh, we're going to be giving you the opportunity to gather um, together for some times of Bible study and prayer in the next couple of months. We're going to keep you updated on that. Um, I did actually ride my bike to Haven not today, um, as did Corbin. Um, I decided he should go in front of me and um, ride at his pace because I didn't want to show him up and you know keep going off and having to wait for him. He does ride quite fast, I have to say and I have my new bike Um, I was waiting for it for well I ordered it on the 24th of May I've talked about my bike before I think I ordered it on the 24th of May and um, so I've been waiting for it for a long time and and last last week it it came it finally came and um, I was very very excited and uh, it's a fantastic bike and I feel very blessed to have it Um, and I've used it a few times but uh, haven't was was the furthest that I've rode it. (laughs) Um don't know how long the round trip is, but I've certainly I feel like I've rode rid, ridden rode my bike, ridden my bike quite a long way today. A bit achy now. Um so and caught the sun a little bit I think by the looks of it. I can see all I can see is myself on the screen in front of me. And my lovely new well, not new but made nice office. Thank you, Carla, for making my office nice and Convincing me that the curtain which was an old duvet cover right behind me wasn't a great idea. I now see that it wasn't. This is much better. Thank you very much my darling. Right, okay, well it's time to start Sunday Night Local now and we are starting our new series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I hope you got your Bibles ready and your notebooks because there's going to be plenty of scripture and plenty of chance to write notes tonight. Tonight is the introduction to the Fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Fruit of the Spirit series that we're going to be doing and then next week we're going to take one aspect of the Fruit of the Spirit each week and talk about that and next week you're in for a treat. It's not me speaking next week, there's someone else going to be speaking and I'm going to leave it as a secret, as a surprise for you but you're going to love it. Next week, one sec, just have a bit of coffee and then we'll get... Get straight into into it. You can turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Okay. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. A lot of what we read tonight is from the New King James Version. Verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19 Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just let me pause there. The word practice, it's someone that that continually does these things. Okay. Um, It's not someone who has turned to Christ, put their faith in Christ, repented of their sin and and turned to him. Um, And of course, my understanding also is that that in this life we can inherit the blessings of the kingdom of God in our lives. And so the more these kind of things happen in our lives, in this life, the less we're going to see the kingdom of God manifest in our lives, in this life. Um, So... We've got to get that stuff out of our lives. These are the things that we just read um, that are the works of the flesh. So the result of being led by the flesh. But the fruit of the spirit, the result of being led by the spirit, verse 22, is love, joy, peace, long suffering, patience. That's also translated as kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And as we do that, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. And I like that, That that's tagged on the end there of chapter 5. In other words, you know, if you do really well at walking in the Spirit... um, and, and the fruit of the Spirit is displayed in your life, it would be very easy to become conceited. You be like, hey, look at me. Um, and we can provoke one another if we live that way. And also we can envy one another if others are living that way. So good, good finish to that passage there. Right, so we're going to get straight into this now. So the fruit of the Spirit, interesting term, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit is simply the result or the manifestation of... Of the life of God's Spirit within our lives it's what people see when they look at the lives of someone who is walking in the Spirit and we're going to talk about what that looks like in a minute what that means in a minute Um, so there's an illustration illustration that we can just share at the start here and that is simply a tree let's take an a fruit tree an orange tree Um, an orange tree Orange tree life flows through the veins of the orange tree and what does it produce? Oranges. Now there are nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So just like you have one orange and it, um, I'm sure sometimes they have nine segments, I don't know if they do or not, but say you've got an orange with nine segments, well <clears throat> the fruit is the orange and within it there's these nine segments. It's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's all within that fruit that is produced. So there are nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And they literally describe the character of Christ. When you look at Jesus, this is who he was. This is who he is. These these nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit describe um, nine attributes of the character of Christ. And the greatest goal for every Christian is for Christ's character to be revealed through our lives. That is the goal of our lives as we walk through this life. So it's really important, um, this passage. It's a really important passage and, and it teaches us how to reveal Christ's character through our lives. Right, let's go back to the very start. First of all, it's really important to understand our makeup as triune beings triune it means three yet one okay god has made us as spiritual beings who have a soul and live in a body so what are you you are a spiritual being you have a soul so at the very core of you is your spirit you have a soul what's your soul your soul is your mind your will your emotions and your spirit and soul are very very much intertwined and we live in a body currently until Jesus returns and we receive our eternal spiritual bodies, we live in these natural physical bodies that one day um, will die. So that's who we are. Okay, We're triune beings: spirit, soul, body. And let's always start with spirit, spirit, soul, body. And whilst we live on, like I say, whilst we live on earth, we live in this, this body of ours. So when a person turns to Jesus there is an instantaneous transformation that takes place on the inside of them. Their spirit, the core of who they are, is made alive to God. It wasn't alive to God before this. Before they turned to Christ and put their faith in Jesus, but the instant they put their faith in Jesus, the core of who they are, their spirit is made alive to God by the power of the Holy Spirit who probably has already been working in their lives to draw them to God in the first place. That's why it's important that we're praying for people, isn't it? So what's that? That's called being born again. John chapter 3 speaks about being born again. And Nicodemus came to Jesus and asked how someone could uh, receive the kingdom of God. And, And Jesus said, you've got to be born again. What did he mean? Well, he was speaking of two types of birth. The first was physical birth. So when we came into this world um, through our natural mother and father, um, we were born. We were born the first time physically. But when we turned to Christ, we were born again. We were born spiritually. Spiritually, we became alive to God. That's why it's so important that we preach the gospel so that people can hear the good news of Jesus, put their faith in Christ and receive this internal miracle, the greatest miracle of all, being born again, the new birth. Um, now a great illustration of this is sexual reproduction. Now I know Carla's watching this and she's going to be like oh Stuart you're going to give your your amazing illustration about sexual reproduction and how that relates to being born again. Yes I am Carla. Um, so in sexual reproduction this is what happens. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> so a man's seed, the sperm, fertilizes the woman's egg, the ovum and a new life is formed. The two have merged, the sperm and the ovum have merged to become one single living cell. That is called the zygote for those biologists of you. And that zygote then divides over and over again until it forms a a whole load, a whole bunch of uh, cells which are the embryo. That embryo then develops and all the organs at that stage are developed. I think it's between four and ten weeks and then after that it becomes the the fetus right so now I'm saying that because it relates to our new birth when we put our faith in Christ get this this is amazing when we put our faith in Christ an internal miracle takes place the Holy Spirit that's the seed or the sperm fertilizes our own spirit man that's the egg or the ovum the Holy Spirit fertilizes our own spirit man and new life is formed. It says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And in biological terms when the, the, the sperm and the ovum become one single living cell, um, when, it's, when the egg is fertilised they become one single living cell. I just think that's amazing how that relates. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So our spirit man, once dormant, like the woman's egg, it's just dormant, it's just there, uh, isn't fertilized, is now made alive by God's Spirit. And I think it's really important that we understand new birth. Um, And and I think that's a great illustration because it helps me understand um, this incredible um, uh, merging of, of, of God's Spirit who makes my spirit man alive and new life is formed. Um, So in Galatians 4 verse 19, the Apostle Paul writes to the Galatian church and he says, My little children, for whom I labour in birth again until Christ is formed in you. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? So he's relating um, Christ being formed in them as him labouring in birth for them. So he preaches the gospel, they receive the gospel and Christ is formed within them. Um, this new life, this this spiritual life, takes uh, new rebirth takes place in them. So when we're born spiritually, we start a, j- a journey of spiritual growth. Where Christ is formed in us and his character uh, begins to be revealed through us. And the character of Christ, like I've already said, is um, spoken about there in Galatians chapter 5. Um the love the joy the peace and so on okay that's the character of christ so so um through new birth there is this formation of of christ's character within us and our christian life is all about that character being revealed through us we'll come back to that a bit later now interesting the number nine it's interesting that the number nine um in the bible speaks of fullness perfection maturity there are nine months in pregnancy until the fullness of the pregnancy Um, there are nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh, the character of Christ that we've just spoken about. So in other words, a spiritually mature Christian will display the nine aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, or these nine attributes of Christ's character in their life. That is what defines spiritual maturity. It's the fruit that you see in a person's life. That's spiritual maturity. It's not how good someone can preach. Thank goodness for that. It's not the way that that someone wins arguments. Um, It's not the good deeds that a person does. It's not even the spiritual gifts that people operate in. Spiritual maturity is measured by the fruit that is revealed through a person's life. It says in Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 to 20. Matthew seven fifteen to twenty says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. You know it by its fruit." A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So if you want to be spiritually mature, if you want to be that person that says, oh, wow, what a spiritually mature person that is, then the thing to do is to... Uh, allow the character of christ to be developed in your life allow the fruit of the spirit to be revealed through your life now keep in mind that picture of a tree and its branches in romans 11 believers are described as branches that are broken off the the wild or the natural olive tree and grafted in to the cultivated or the spiritual olive tree that is into christ so we're broken off uh from this world and we are grafted in to jesus um so we, we're the branches and he is the the tree trunk or the vine this takes place again this takes place this this amazing breaking off and grafting in takes place the moment that we're born again remember we just read in first corinthians 6 17 he who is joined to the lord is one spirit with him so we're broken off of, of the old things and grafted in to christ we're joined to the lord now we're one spirit with him first corinthians 5 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation a new creature made completely new old things have passed away we're broken off and all things have become new we're grafted in okay now, again, keep in mind that illustration of the tree. In John 15, believers are reminded that it's the Father's desire that we, as branches that have been grafted in to Christ, bear much fruit. We've got to bear much fruit. It's the Father's desire. We're going to read about that in just a minute. Now, and in John 15, it says that that will happen. It will happen naturally if we remain in him and his life remains in in us. Just like the orange tree, the, that, where, the, where the orange tree life flows up the trunk and through the branches and produces oranges, right? Just like the orange tree, the life of God's Spirit will flow into our lives with the branches and produce the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, reveal the character of Christ, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. All of that will be produced very naturally when we remain in Him and He remains in us. So let's read from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So remember, this is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit you're already clean because of the word that i've spoken to you so just pause there a minute jesus says we're already clean and grafted in because of the word that he spoke to us so when we receive the word or the seed of the gospel we became branches that were eligible clean to be grafted in okay Then Jesus says in verse four, abide in me therefore and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, we might want to display the greatest love and joy and kindness and gentleness that anyone has ever seen. Um, However, we will never do that um, completely or effectively until we remember that we can't do it of ourselves. Um, The only way we can do it is by being branches that are grafted in, um, where the life of God flows into our lives and enables us to display that fruit of the Holy Spirit. And there are some good people in this world, there are some great people that do great things, Um, but no one compares to Jesus and that's our goal. That the character of Christ will be revealed through our lives. So Jesus said in verse 5, carrying on in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. How do we bear much fruit? We abide in him, and he abides in us. For without me, you can do nothing. I'm starting to learn that. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. And really, without Jesus, there's not much purpose to life anyway. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. By what? By this, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples okay so according to this passage it's normal and expected for branches to bear fruit and when we bear fruit through our lives the fruit of the spirit we glorify god you want to glorify god i do then we've got to bear much fruit that's how we do it not only that we can expect times of pruning Woo! we can expect times of pruning cutting away so that we'll bear more fruit pruning by nature is painful it involves a cutting away and and that can be very painful for uh, the believer but if we can just see that the father's hand is doing that so that we can bear more th- fruit through our lives <clears throat> then uh, we can accept that process And embrace that process and let God do what he wants to do. There's nothing better than like a pot of clay that needs remoulding. Just putting ourselves on the potter's wheel. And let the Father get his hands all over our lives. And then according to verse 5 that we just read there. We bear much fruit when we abide in him and he abides in us. So let's keep the analogy of the branches and the vine in mind as we talk about this. So what does it mean to abide in Jesus? Well it means... That branch is in the the trunk, right? It means to stay connected to him by faith. By faith we become clean and connected to him. And by faith we stay connected. Um, We remain in him. Every Christian should have a growing relationship with Jesus. As we get to know Jesus more. Through worship and through his word. Um, So our faith should be ever living, ever growing, alive and um, and it's really important because that helps us to stay connected to Jesus but also to have Jesus abiding in us that's how we're going to bear fruit for us to abide in him and him in us um, we have to have the flow of the Holy Spirit into our lives again just think of the the veins within that orange tree they carry that orange life into the branches so that The branches can bear much fruit. And that's got to be uh, the case in our lives. We mustn't allow there to be any blockages stopping the flow of God's Spirit into our lives. And this happens um, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit more and more. If you don't want any blockages in your life, any blockages to what God wants to do, then the best thing we can do is get on our knees and surrender to him. Um, Be a people who are submitted to God. Now Jesus I think displayed this amazingly well when he was in the wilderness and um, gives us a great example to look at. Jesus' character was consistent. He continually displayed the divine nature of God through his character as he submitted to the Holy Spirit's leading in his life and as he resisted the devil and the desires of the flesh. That's what Jesus did. He gave us an incredible example of how to submit to the work of the Holy Spirit and how to resist the temptations of the devil and of the flesh. And as he did that, the devil fled from him. The devil couldn't take him down. And at the end of that, Jesus came out of the wilderness. It says in in Matthew that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit and he came out of the wilderness, it describes him as being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So the more Jesus submitted to the working of God's spirit in his life and resisted the flesh and the devil, um, the more of God's power was at work in his life and, and his, the character of Jesus was clear to see. Um, James 4.7 says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So let's go back to the passage that we started with now. Galatians 5 verses 16 to 26. I'm just going to read a couple of parts of that. First of all, 16 to 18. So it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So there are two ways to walk. We can either walk in the spirit or we can walk in the flesh. When we walk in the spirit, we display the fruit of the spirit, the character of Christ in our lives. When we walk in the flesh, we'll display the works of the flesh or the character of Adam or fallen man in our lives. And I want to glorify God through my my life so i want to walk in the spirit so that i can display the character of christ the fruit of the spirit when i was born again i came alive spiritually to god we do the moment you put your faith in christ there's this instantaneous transformation of your spirit man that makes you alive to god and that happens by the power of the holy spirit our spirit man is now one with god's spirit. And we carry the very nature, the DNA of our Heavenly Father in our rebirthed spirit man. We're his children. So all we have to do to display the character of Christ in our lives, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is to live from the inside out and not from the outside. Not from the external, but to live from the inside. Um, Years ago, Pastor Andy preached a fantastic series on living from the inside out. I, I I remember that because um, I was the guy who put the labels on the tape cassettes in the um, the multiple tape um, sets that we we produced and uh, and made available to people I was that guy so second Peter just just bear this in mind okay so living from the inside out all we have to do to display the character of Christ in our lives is realize that that we have been born again we're born of God we're children of God we carry the divine nature of God within us and it says in 2nd Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 this is from the new living translation by his divine power God has given us everything we need for a godly life life God has given us every everything we need for a godly life we have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvellous glory and excellence." I love that. So, we've got everything we need to live a godly life, alright? And uh, we received that when we came to the knowledge of God through Christ. Verse 4, And because of his glory and excellence, God's given us great and precious promises. So, what promises has he given us? Well, this is referring to the promise of salvation. Through faith in Jesus Christ. So these are the promises. Salvation through faith in Christ. That enable you to share his divine nature. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So in other words, when we put our faith in Christ. We um, began to share in the divine nature. We became children of God. We carry the DNA of Father God within us in our spirit man and that has caused us to be able to live free of the corruption in this world that's caused by human desires praise god the very instant that we put our faith in jesus the very instant that we put our faith in jesus when we did that the character of christ was placed in us the divine nature of god and and now our journey in this life, our pilgrimage as Christians, is all about that divine nature, the character of Christ being revealed through our lives. This is a daily choice. So this is where the soul comes into it. So our soul um, involves our mind, okay? And um, and our mind is how we make our choices. And so rather than choosing to do things the way of the flesh, the devil and the world, we choose to, think, to do things... Um, the way of the Spirit, both the capital S, Holy Spirit, and the little s, our spirit, because actually um, through the transformation of God's spirit within us, our spirit man that has come alive to God, um, it doesn't matter whether you use a capital or a small s, um, when we walk in the spirit, um, we will walk in the ways of God. Okay, so this is a daily choice. To lay aside the flesh and to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Holy Spirit for the flow of God's Spirit to come into our lives and flow through us and produce the fruit of the Spirit. But also to to choose to walk as spiritual people who have been made alive to God. Who carry the very nature of God. That's innate within us. It used to be our nature to do things the world's way. But now it's our nature to do things our Heavenly Father's way. On a daily basis... We choose to go the way of the spirit rather than the way of the flesh. And as we do this, our lives will look more like Jesus. So back to Galatians 5 again, verses 22 to 25. This is how Jesus looked. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about each one of these Um, These aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, these attributes of the character of Christ. We're going to take examples from Jesus' life and we're going to um, talk about how to apply them to our lives. Um, But each of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are listed here in Galatians 5. And this is what will be produced when we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Uh, Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'm really excited about talking about some of these things. Against such, there is no law. In other words, hey, go crazy. There's no law. You, You can have as much of this stuff in your life as you want. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let's just focus on that last verse there. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. We're spiritual people. We're of another kingdom. We're awaiting the return of Jesus when our flesh will be changed and we'll receive our spiritual bodies and live and reign with Jesus in his eternal kingdom. We've got all that to come. But even now, before that happens, we are spiritual people. Um, We have been um, set with Christ in the heavenly places. Um, We have access to the heavenly realm through Christ. Um, So even whilst we're confined to this world and, and we live in these flesh um cases these bodies of ours we can walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust or the desires of the flesh and there's a, there's a going back to verse 24 it says those who have christ's those who are christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires crucifying the flesh laying down our desires um to do things the world's way laying down those desires can be very painful but it glorifies God, and that's what we're all about. If you want to glorify God, then let's be a people who bear much fruit, let's be a people who walk in the spirit and don't uh, walk in the flesh. I just want to finish by reading this passage here from First Corinthians 6. Um, I, I really, when I was praying just beforehand, I really felt that someone needs to hear the words from First Corinthians 6, verses 12 to 20. So, listen in, people. New Living Translation, and then I'm just going to read the last verse in New King James. So, verse 12. You say, so 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. You say, I'm a, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. Well, this is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But he can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Then you realise that your bodies are actually parts of Christ. Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never... And then you realise that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For the scriptures say the two are united in one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We've read that one already, haven't we? Verse 18. So run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realise... Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in within you and was given to you by God. Let me read that again. Don't you realise that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. And that's what this is all about. This, these next few weeks is all about glorifying God, honouring God in the way that we live our lives. Not um, giving you rules on how to do that, but talking about how we abide in the vine and we allow Jesus to abide in us. How we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. First Corinthians six, verse twenty, that last verse there from the New King James Version. I like it better, so I'm going to read it. It says, "For you were bought." at a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are gods that's who we have been called to be a people that glorify god in our body and in our spirit it starts on the inside and um I- i'm so excited about, about talking on these subjects over the next few weeks um, i really believe that that god's going to use um this this series to really help people grow in spiritual maturity which isn't measured by gifting. It's not measured by whether you can win an argument or uh, how clever you are um, or how much you help people. It's simply measured in the fruit that is displayed through your life. If you are displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit according to Galatians 5, the character of Christ, then you're a spiritually mature person. So let's uh, let's dig into that over the next few weeks. Let me pray as we finish now. Father, I thank you that uh, you're going to really speak to us through this subject. Father, I thank you for everyone who's heard your word tonight. Lord, I pray that we'd be a people who uh, first and foremost set our hearts on bringing you glory and honouring you. Uh, with our lives i thank you lord that you haven't made it hard lord you've made it so easy you've done a work of transformation within us that causes us to carry within us that divine nature um, that christ has been formed in us and it's your desire that his character is revealed through us so help us lord to draw in your spirit and to walk in the spirit help us to be a people who walk as children of god walk and uh, And that we don't walk according to the flesh. So I pray Father that you will bless every person who hears your word tonight. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well that's it for tonight. Uh, We'll see you again next Sunday evening at 8 o'clock for Sunday Night Local. Bye bye.